0: Good evening, it's good to be back, missed you guys too, if you have a copy of the scriptures open it to Joshua chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, alright Joshua chapter 1, you know as we Look at the book of Joshua. And again, with every book, we need to have the, the meta narrative, the, the big view of what's taking place. And what Joshua is, is the continuation of Deuteronomy, where God has given his people the law. And now they move from the place where Moses could take them to the place where Joshua has to take over. And so you think about all the things that God did through Moses. I mean, Moses is the man. Moses parted the Red Sea. Moses spoke to God as a man speaks face to face. Moses brought down the Ten Commandments. He he had to be veiled because he shined with the, the glory of God so that the people could not even look at him. Moses spoke. To the rock and struck it, and water came out of the rock. God, through Moses, provided manna in the wilderness. Moses led millions of people for 40 years through this journey. And God used him in such a powerful way. Think about stepping into those shoes. Okay, Moses is gone. You're it. Everything's going to be compared to Moses. You know, it'd be like having that brother or sister who was always, you know, a straight-A student, you know, who was the captain of the football team, you know, who was, you know, cheerleader, um, leader. I don't know what you call the cheerleader leader, but anyway, you know what I'm saying. The person who is just – excels in everything and then you come along, you know, and you're not – as bright you're you're not as good looking you know you're you're not as just dynamic as they you don't have the charisma that they have and everyone you know you go to the teachers after cuz they're your older sibling and they say oh are, are you so and so's brother yeah i am him oh you're nothing like your brother. Oh, thank you. You know, you just, you know, there's nothing there for you to to hold on to. You're just having to fill bigger shoes than you really can fill. And I can't imagine that being any more the case than with Joshua. Joshua is filling shoes that are just much too big for any man. And so we see that After the death, verse one of chapter one, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land. I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so it begins off with this great Declaration, God is going to go before you, provide all this. And then we keep hearing, as I was with Moses, and just like I said, Moses, and already God's even, you know, rubbing it in. You know, like Moses was, that's how you're going to be. And so, you know, here's Joshua hearing this incredible declaration from God of what he wants them to do. And then in verse six, we start to hear some things that I think are very personal to Joshua. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. I swore to their ancestors to give them be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law. My servant Moses gave you do not turn from it to the right or to the left And so here in these three verses, we see three times be strong and courageous. We see it again in verse 18. He tells them that he's to be strong and courageous. He tells them not to be afraid in verse 9. And the reason God is telling Joshua to be strong, to be courageous, and not to be afraid is probably because Joshua is not strong, is not courageous, and is afraid. You don't tell someone be strong unless you see them in this place of, you know, just inconsistency. When you see someone not being strong, that's when you tell them, hey, be strong. You know, when the guy is there in the team and he huddles up with you and you see he's weak, hey man, be strong. Come on, get it together. You're seeing the weakness. And I believe that God is seeing this panic in Joshua. Man, how can I do this? And God tells him, be strong And be courageous. He tells them not to be afraid. And the thing about courage, and we've talked about this many times, courage is not the absence of fear. When you have to be courageous, it doesn't mean you stop being afraid. It means you stop letting the fear dictate what you do. Courageous isn't the absence of fear. It's the absence of self. You don't think about yourself. You Think about whatever it is you're doing. The fireman rushing into the building, he's afraid, but he's thinking about the people in the building. And so what you feel when you're courageous is usually fear. And when God says, don't be afraid, it means don't let the fear be what controls you. And it's very important for us to remember not to let fear be what dictates what we do don't let fear make the decision for you and god is telling him be strong that means don't crumble be courageous that means don't think about what's you're feeling do what i'm telling you to don't be afraid don't let the fear paralyze you from doing what is before you and what before him what's before him is incredible it's the promise of God to a nation. It is the birth of a nation. It is the rising up of this people. And so here's Joshua setting out. And so turn with me to chapter 3. As we get ready, we see that Joshua now needs to cross the Jordan River. So in verse 1, Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your position and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits. Between you and the ark, do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And so here Joshua is being strong. He's being courageous. He's telling the people what they need to do. And he says, wherever the ark, remember the ark represented the presence of God. Wherever the ark goes, that's where you're going to go. Just keep a distance. We're going to let God lead the way. And verse 5 is one of our theme verses here at Genesis. You know, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Set yourself apart for God and he will do amazing things among you. If you will set yourself apart to be used by God, then tomorrow you will see God work in your life. And so that's what we want to do. We want to set ourselves apart to see God do a work in our midst and in our future. And so this is looking great, right? God's going to do something amazing. The ark goes before us. This is what's going to take place. Joshua said to the priest, take up the ark, in verse 6, of the covenant and and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. Verse 7, And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of Jordan's waters, go and stand in the water. Now, this is different than what God did with Moses. Guys, remember what Moses had to do? Moses just had to raise the staff and the waters parted. I like that. Just raise the staff and the waters part. That's pretty cool. But now he tells them to go and stand in the water. See, if I was Joshua, I'd be thinking, wait, that's not how I remember it. The way I remember it is I hold up the staff and you do the work. And now God is doing something different. Just like he said he would. He said, I'm going to take you a place that you've never been before. And then we see he starts working in a way that he never has before. And usually when God does a fresh work, it's in a way that he never has before or a way that is different than before. What happens in many churches is they get used to the way things were, and then that becomes their way of doing things. And when God says, I want to do something different, they say, well, that's not the way we do it. This is how we do it. This is how we've always done it. This has God's seal of approval. We have blessings. Don't you know all the years of prosperity under this way and this method and this style? This is how God wants to do it. And then God says, well, I'm, I'm trying to take you to a place you haven't been before. I'm going to do something that you haven't seen before. And it's going to require of you something that you haven't done before. And so here they are, and now God tells him, take the ark into the edge of the Jordan's water and go and stand in the water. Joshua said to the Israelites, here's the, po- here's the point. Joshua, are you going to be strong and courageous and not afraid? Or are you going to say, okay, go up to the water and let's see what God does. I'll raise my staff because that's what God did. But Joshua says to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you, and he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Gezuzites, Amorites, and the Jebusites. See the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe, and as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord And as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Verse 14. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage. All during harvest, yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathon, while the water flowing down to the sea of the Arabath, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off, so the people crossed over opposite Jericho. It's interesting that the water stopped a great distance away. And a lot of people believe that the names that are mentioned here are so far away that it would take an hour or more for the water to literally dry up where they were, which meant the priests were standing in the water for an hour before they saw the water stop before they were able to cross in. What's going on in your mind during that hour? That that was you, right, God? You did say, step in the water. That is you, God, right? You are telling me to be strong, be courageous. And you see... What God is doing here in Joshua is what I believe God wants to do in us. We want to see God work, but we don't want to step into the water. We want to see God do something amazing among us, but we don't want to set ourselves apart and do that work. We want to see God do the miraculous, but the miraculous requires a sacrifice on our part, and it's going to require the time, it's going to require the effort, it's going to require us to trust God and to stay. Step into that place where we've never been before to do the things that we've never done before so that God can begin something that will be amazing among us. And so many times we will go up to the water and say, Okay, God, go. I'm here. I'm all in. Well, I'm, I'm not in yet. I'm at the edge, but I'll be all in. If you part the water, then I'm all in. And God says, No, I want you to get all in. And then I will work among you. And I can remember when I heard this passage taught, it was at a a worship conference. And I was already involved with ministry and already doing too much. And I felt like God was speaking to me and saying, are you going to be satisfied with where you're at? And I wasn't. I wasn't satisfied where I was at. I, I felt like spiritually I was stagnant. And there's a lot of great things that I was a part of and and doing that I, I loved. But I felt like God was saying, are you going, is this it for you? Have you reached where you want to be? Is this the plateau? And then God spoke into my heart and said, you know, if you will step in to more, I will do more with you. And. Really, through a long series of events, that's become what Genesis is. It is me stepping into some things that before I just wouldn't have. Taking on some things that I, I didn't think to take on, except that I wanted to do more. And as I started praying, God, what do you want me to do? Okay, this is what I really would like to see take place. This is what I want to happen. And as I stepped into those things... It started the waters parting, but they parted a long distance away. They parted years away. And slowly things started chiseling away and chiseling away. And and a little bit would clear and I could take another step and a little bit would clear and I could take another step. And a little bit would clear and I could take another step. And I feel like that's where I'm at now, that God is, has stopped the water so that I could do the work, but I still have to stand in the water. He still have to step in and wait for God to do that work in me and among me. But until we trust, until we have faith, until we step into the work, many times we just won't see it at all. You know, you, you can't steer the car if it's not moving. And when the car starts moving, then you're able to steer it. And so many times, the reason God doesn't do anything with us is because we are unwilling to do anything. And we keep waiting and waiting and waiting. And God says, well, step in, do this. And we say, well, God, you know, I do that, but it's going to cost me this much time. It's going to cost me this much effort. And I'm really tired. You know, I'm already doing this, this, and this. And so we do nothing. And the reason we start getting dried in our own soul and the reason we start getting worn out is because there's no fresh work of God in us. And God wants to do amazing things among us, so let's set ourselves aside for that work. You know, I used to think consecrate yourself meant just stop and wait for God, and you know, stop doing bad things, and, and start praying, and, and that's consecrating. But I think consecrating ourselves means setting ourselves apart for what God is going to do. In other words, making room for God so that he can do what he wants to do. But being ready to move when he says, go. And so... Is God moving in our hearts and telling us to go? If he is, what do we need to do? What do we need to change? What do we need to get rid of? Well, I'm doing too many things, but I want to see this take place. Well, maybe I'm doing too many things. Maybe I need to lose some things. I'm being bound down. I'm feeling dejected. Well, are there some things that you need to deal with? Some people you need to get forgiveness from? Some things that you need to get squared away so that you can do more? Because those all work together consecration includes all those things but I really believe that this is true today as it was when Genesis started almost six years ago now you know that if we will set ourselves apart then God will do amazing things among us and I got very excited hearing what Alex shared and what Michael shared you know I mean think about it this last week I mean Michael shared about him going to the skate park and doing some work with those kids that are there That's Michael doing that. Genesis isn't sponsoring him. Genesis didn't say, okay, Michael, we give you, you know, mission to go to the skate park. You know, that's something that God did when he went there and did that. Denise is in Haiti. She's coming back tomorrow. Genesis didn't send her. That's Denise. She went there. She did that. She's doing a work, and we've partnered with her in that work, and we want to partner with Michael in that work. I went to La Paz. Genesis didn't send me. I went. This wasn't Genesis saying, okay, are I going on Genesis's tab? This is it. No, I went because I wanted to go and meet with these people. And I believe that God is going to do a work in those people that Genesis can be a part of. How amazing. And there's other things that are going on. And in your own hearts, those things can be taking place. And so great things can be taking place among us and it happens again through the people. It happens through the people who are wanting to see God do a work, who are consecrating, setting themselves aside so that that work can take place, who are stepping into the water and then watching God do the miraculous among us. And so the challenge is for all of us tonight, how does God want you to step in? What is God wanting you to do? What does God want to do through you? You know, even as I I shared with the group down in La Paz, you know, what do you want to see God do in you, through you? What needs to take place so that work can be done? Because God wants to work, but maybe what's happening is nothing's happening because we're not stepping into the water. Any thoughts or questions on this? So what's your water? I don't believe that, Pat. I don't believe that. I don't believe God has ever done with us until we're done. Anyone have any thoughts on what their water might be? Is something stirred in them that they would want us maybe to, to join in prayer about? And uh, keep in mind just when we see you, we can... Yes, Colleen. And the Lord's going to probably use you to ask that person. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I mean, one of the things I, I share with leadership is we're not afraid to fail. You know, don't be afraid to ask them and they say no. And take it. Oh God, that wasn't you, that wasn't you. You know, it was their opportunity to be a part of something, and they said no. Not your mistake for asking them. You know what I mean? So don't be afraid to ask. You know, <laughs> everyone's gonna everyone's gonna leave here right away. Don't look at Colleen. gonna <laughs> <laughs> definitely be praying about that. Any other questions or thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that post on Facebook that you yeah. had. Yeah, I even thought just this area here, these apartments, they're right here. And I can talk. We have the 11th. I'll talk with Brian and uh, Boy and see maybe we could do something out there. We'd have to, you know, set up a little PA, some lighting and something, but it might be a great way to do something out there. We'll do a little urban street. Poetry. Grassroots hits the streets. that'd be great no that's a great idea yes Katie you know Katie a lot of times we don't see how much worth we can be to God and so we we are afraid that we can't do nothing you know And when you're dating a talented boyfriend like, you know, Nick here who's singing and doing all these things, you can start to compare yourself to, well, look how God's using him or doing those things. You know, I don't know if that's taking place or not, but we can start comparing. It's like, oh, well, look at them. They're doing these things. And then you feel like, well, I'm not doing anything. But God. Can use people in such a variety of ways, okay? You are gifted with joy, okay? You come in and smile, and everyone's like, Katie's here, you know? I mean, you have the ability to light up a room, okay? And so you are creative, you are useful, and God wants to do something. And so we are going to pray. And I just want you to know that God's already ready. And all he needs is for Katie to see who she really is in God and, and take those steps that he's already, you know, created for you to walk in. Okay. So we are gonna pray. In fact let's let's take some time in prayer right now. If you wanna lay your hands on Katie, those who are around her, and let's pray. Father, I thank you for Katie's heart that just wants to step into the water and wants to move, Lord. And yet there is that insecurity of not knowing how, not knowing where, not knowing exactly what to do. But, God, you do know how you've created her. You've you you you've made her fearfully and wonderfully, Lord. And so use her, Father. And may she understand those things that she does without even knowing it, those things that she does so well, those things that she's able to connect to that are effortless because for her, that's just normal. May those things be opportunities for your hand to work in and through her. Lord, we pray that you would take away any doubt that she is not of value. We, we take take away any of that insecurity or feeling of inadequacy, Lord. Remove that, Lord. You You've made her amazingly fit for the things you have for her. And we entrust her to you, Lord. Give her confidence in you. And may the wheels begin to roll. May she take those steps and may the waters begin to part as you work mightily in her. We entrust her to you, Lord, and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You're welcome. (laughs) Suppose it's possible. No, we haven't. I mean, Michael's done some things. Um, You know, it really depends, I guess, on what we're going to do and how we, you know, communicate with the people next to us. So I imagine it's possible. Yeah, there's a lot of things. And let's pray for Colleen too while we're at it. You know, just Father, we thank you for Colleen's heart, Lord, to minister to these children who are in just places of uh, struggle and trouble. And we do pray, Lord, that you would connect her with the right people who have the same love and care and concern that she has. We we pray that she would be able to think of those people and you would give her that just uh, right Person that would be able to help her move forward and, and a little bit further. And, Lord, we do pray you can continue to give her favor with the, this group and this organization, Lord, and that you would use her mightily in these children's life, Lord, to make a difference. We thank you for her, and we entrust her to you, and we ask your blessing on her. In Jesus' name, amen. We need to pray for Alex, too, in his shoulder, because he needs to go and get... Uh, another, um, what do you call it, diagnosis. So if you guys, Cody, you want to lay your hands on Alex and whoever else wants to pray for him over there. Father, I lift Alex to you, Lord, and Lord, I thank you for him. I thank you for the blessing he's been to my life. I thank you for the blessing he's been to Genesis and The mighty things that you are doing in him and are wanting to do through him. And Lord, as this injury comes out, it's discouraging. It slows him down. It stops him from accomplishing some of the things that he was in the middle of doing. It slows the momentum down, but we pray, Lord, it would not stop his Movement. We pray that it would not slow him down to a place where the work no longer continues. And so we pray for complete healing. Lord, we pray that he does not need surgery. We pray that you bring restoration to that shoulder and whatever is going on in his bones and that you would do the miraculous within him. And we do pray for uh, quick and complete recovery. And we pray, Lord, that in this time of waiting, in this process, while the water is still backing up, Lord, that he would still keep that resolve and faith in you, that he would be strong and courageous and not be afraid. Encourage his heart, Lord, fill him with your abilities to do what you want him to do even now in this condition. We entrust him to you and we ask your blessing on him in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Anyone else want prayer while we're making this a prayer meeting? Yes, Caroline. Okay. And this is with the, what group is it again? The Okay. Okay. That's different than the other thing you were doing that Jason was involved with for a while. Ariano, wasn't he going and doing a school? Okay. That's something different. Yeah, the good news. You weren't involved with the good news club? Okay. Okay, so this is different, though, but pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought about doing something on your own? Well, we'll pray, see what the Lord does. Yeah, I like throwing those questions out. (laughs) Let's pray for Carolyn. Go ahead and lay hands on her. Father, we thank you for Carolyn's heart to reach the kids, Lord, and, and we do pray that you would give strength to her body, Lord, that she would be able to... Fulfill those desires in her heart, and it would not be too taxing on her physically, Lord. Give her strength, but give her wisdom. Lord, may she be able to discern what she can do effectively and then where she needs to draw the line and stop. And I pray that you would continue to inspire her, Lord. Those things that she sees and likes, may you help her to be able to develop those things in those areas that she sees and feels that they aren't effective or whatever reason they're not uh, just registering with her, Lord. May you help her to make changes, Lord, so that what she does will be effective for the students and the kids that she is ministering to her. And Lord, I do pray that you would raise her up to maybe even begin something completely new, something that would be a fresh work, a fresh start, and have, even like we've been talking, Lord, uh, a new work that no one's done before. Uh, Lord, you use us in those ways and stir her heart, I pray. And I do entrust her to you again in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Any other thoughts, questions? Nick? Remember, sometimes what we feel when we're being courageous isn't God. It's just we have faith when we don't feel but we'll definitely pray. Let's pray for Nick. Anyone want to lay their hands over on Nick? Father, we thank you for Nick's heart to serve you and his desire to move where you lead and for his desire to have healing so that he can have health and wholeness in his life, Lord. And as he's in this place of Just instability as he's in a new place where there's a lot of change, Lord, there comes a lot of anxiety with that change. And so we pray, Father, that you would speak into his life just like You spoke into Joshua's. As you've spoken to him through your words here to be strong and to be courageous, Lord, we pray that that would take root, Lord, in his life, that it would be a tree planted by a river that cannot be shaken, that in spite of the things that he feels, Lord, he is committed to the things you have for him. And Lord, he will move forward in your strength, your ability, in all of the things that you've given him to do. Lord, he has a, an army of family around him, holding him and supporting him and, and praying for him, Lord. And so we ask that you work in his heart and in his life and that you would use him through this time of doubt or insecurity or question or just feelings, Lord, that are, are, are troublesome. Lord, use him and secure him now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I can't stress enough how valuable each of you are um, to the work of God and to Genesis. You know, you being here today makes a difference for someone else who's here. You know, in this time of prayer, if there was only one of you here, there would only be one person praying for that person. If only one of you here, we would't have got to hear the things that are happening in your life or or maybe if you weren't here, someone else would be sitting by themselves or you know uh, feeling uneasy. You make a difference for someone, and so I encourage you in that to see how useful you are to our community. You know, I I would love to see more people coming on Wednesday. I love what we do on Wednesdays, but not a lot of people show up. And that's frustrating because I'd like to see more people here. But you're the difference. You know, you can bring people here. You can make it so that people want to come here. Oh, yeah, I go on. Well, I'll go because Alex is there. Dope. Alex is my friend. He's everybody's friend, you know. And so I'll go because Alex is here, whatever. And you make a difference to someone. And so we as a community need you to help make the community, if that makes sense. And so I hope that you can encourage people. I hope that you love being at Genesis. I hope that this isn't a place where it's like, oh, I've got to go to church, you know, and you stress out and don't want to go, but, you know, feel obligated to go. If it ever is, talk to me, let me know what it is, and if it's just who we are, then leave and go to a place where you don't feel that way. Truthfully, you need to be a place where you feel alive and engaged. And if this isn't the place where that happens, you need to find a place where that happens. But if this is the place where that's happening, then let it happen through you to other people. Okay? Because you make the difference. And it, there's no reason that that can't happen. I mean, our last grassroots, I wasn't there, but the place was packed. Because people keep talking about it. Keep, you know, oh man, this is great. Oh, you got to come and pretty soon. It's happening. When well, the thing happens, that's what happens in a church. You know, a community starts getting excited about what's happening. And they start, hey man, really, you should come. It's great. You know, but only do that if you feel it's great. If you don't feel it's great, it'll be, you know, forced. It'll seem awkward and it won't be genuine. So, but let's close in prayer. Father, I do thank you for our time tonight. I thank you for this book that has meant so much to me for your words, how you've spoken to our hearts through these words, even as you spoke to Joshua all those years ago. Lord, may we now move forward in the things that you've put our heart. May we continue to set ourselves apart for your use. May we move into those areas, Lord, that you're leading, that you speak into our lives to do. And we thank you for this time, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.